Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Lauren Mishkin and Nicole Goodman, a self care club, wellness road tested. Part reality, part experiment. This podcast tests out self-care so you don't have to. The idea of the self-care club was born over coffee when both ladies realised that self-care had become just another burden on women's mental load. Each episode, Lauren and Nicole test out a different form of self-care to help alleviate that load, streamlining the process and empowering women to find pleasure and curiosity in looking after themselves. Funny and informative, Self-Care Club explores wellness trends with humour and a healthy dose of scepticism and features interviews from experts in the field. Intuitive Eating founder Evelyn Tribley joins them on a recent episode. Self-Care Club offers a refreshingly straightforward, no-bullshit approach to self-care. Menstrual cups, couch to 5k, you name it. Lauren and Nicole are trying them all. Search Self-Care Club in your podcast app and join the ride. Hello and welcome back to Welfare, your weekly running podcast to help you get up and running and keep motivated, especially in these wet and weird times. Today I've got a guest lined up who after 20 years of hopping on and off the health wagon has finally discovered what's helped her nick's negative voices and it shows. She's smiley, she's confident and in her words she's happy again. It's hearsay pop star, actress, former Dancing on Ice star and now fitness devotee, Suzanne Shaw. I'm really excited about this chat as it's only in the past year that Suzanne has really found running and has been so wooed by the runner's high that she's gone from her first 5k to setting herself crazy running challenges to keep her mind and body in a good place. Let's get her on the phone and get a dose of that positivity because I really, really think we all need it right now. Hi, Suzanne. Hello, how's it going, Amy? I am good. How are you? Welcome to Welfare. Oh, I'm great. It's good. It's tiring, this lockdown lark, but yeah, I feel like I'm handling it okay. What I'd love to know is where you are coming from right now, because I think at the moment there are so many things going on in people's houses that finding a quiet space to do a podcast recording can be quite tough. So where are you? In my wardrobe. Where, to be quite honest, I've been sat for the last week, just just for a bit of peace and quiet. Well, it is so great to have you on because I think your story of your your overhaul of your lifestyle of the past twelve months is really going to resonate with so many people. So I think maybe we should we should really start there and chat about what's been going on in the past year, if that's okay with you. Yeah, of course. So back in twenty nineteen, I'd probably hit what I'd call my rock bottom. Going back a little bit further back, when my dad died in 2012, I I think it'd take me quite some time to, to grieve over the trauma of that. And I found myself that I fell out of love with the industry and what I did as a performer. You know, from being the age of three, I've done nothing but perform or wanted to perform. And suddenly I had no desire or urge to be on the stage anymore. And the only way I could connect it is possibly from the trauma of losing my dad. And then that was a a grieving process for me. So I decided to start taking things a little bit more backstage and I started to write and I started to produce shows and go more kind of down that route and take a little bit of time away from the public eye. And But with that, I suppose my job brought me a little bit of fitness with dancing and performing, you know, having to look after myself for photo shoots. But I found that I got in very unhealthy habits before a contract. I would quickly try and dramatically lose some weight by not eating for a couple of weeks, you know, really doing a calorie deficit, working out and then doing the contract. So I had like this unhealthy relationship with exercise and nutrition. 
And so then when I took a back seat and decided to do something away from the cameras, I found that I got into these bad habits. They they were living with me constantly, these bad habits. My alcohol intake had like shockingly gone up without me knowing instead of just occasional drinks or occasional nights out or, you know, just kind of using it as part of how we do in the industry. I was drinking a lot more at home, whereas never really did that. And it was just making me so thoroughly depressed. And I knew that my unhealthy habits were just playing such havoc on my mental health and that if I didn't make a change to my lifestyle, I knew it was just a matter of time I was chipping away from it that I may have done something that I would regret. You know, I I thought I was going down quite a dangerous path. And quite frankly, I was fed up of talking to myself like a piece of crap. (laughs) You know, I'd look in the mirror and I was so self-loathing and deprecating to myself. I was putting myself down. I didn't have any nice words to say about myself. I was fed up of feeling so unhappy. I just wanted to be happy again. And so I knew the only way to to be happy was to quit drinking and to change my lifestyle. And you you mentioned going back to those photo shoots and that actually the the fitness was always before the photo shoots. Do you think that you felt so unhappiness afterwards because it was almost like your body in those photo shoots was celebrated and then when it didn't look like that, that's when you berated yourself? I think the way I looked at myself constantly was in criticism. I think even on those photo shoots, I would hate photo shoots. That was my least favourite part about being in the entertainment industry was doing a mag shoot. I hated it. Nine times out of 10, I would be really unhappy with the photo shoot. Therefore, I'd be really um, miserable on set. I wouldn't be the person that, you know, my friends knew me as, you know, the, you know, the girl next door, the go happy, go lucky girl. I was so miserable doing them. I just really used to send my anxiety really high. I really got anxious on set and I would really hate doing them. It was almost like possibly that was one reason why I didn't like being in the public eye and maybe why I fell out of love of performing is because I didn't like that side of it. And the criticism that came with it as well. I wasn't strong enough to fight that off and to ignore it. So however I'd look at myself, I'd put myself through these like you know, painful weeks of of not eating and working out to then still not be happy with what I saw back in the picture. So yeah, I just I just knew what I was doing to myself was essentially not looking after myself in the right way. So therefore my mental health was taking a battering and therefore I was looking at myself so negatively. And that was what I needed to change. I needed to look at myself nicer and be kinder to myself. I think so many women fall victim to the trash talk. And on the outside, you can be, like you said, this happy-go-lucky person. But on the inside, you you just you just aren't. You're berating yourself constantly. And, you know, like you've said, that you then use exercise as a punishment. Yeah, it was never an enjoyment. It was a part of a, well, I'm going to have to do that to be happy. And it was just back to front. The way I was looking at it was... If I'm not thin, if I'm not looking amazing and in a size zero, then therefore I am not going to be happy. And I was, I had to become happy first before the reward of looking better. I just think it was all a process of the way I looked at myself with this self-loathing, the way I would talk to myself. It, it had to stop. I had to find a way to change that mindset and I, I call it reset the mindset a lot of the time when I when I chat to other women about it, when they ask me how have I managed to do it. And it was about fixing my head to then be able to look at myself differently in the mirror. Was there a moment when that decision to make the change really happened? Because I know in the past it's almost been like when I've, when I've hit or what I thought was rock bottom, I was almost like falling down a hill and it was... And it, it felt awful, but I, I just couldn't stop myself. And then there was this pivotal moment at the bottom where I was like, I can't go anywhere else. The only way is up. And there was a lot of tears. And then, you know, and I built myself back up again. Did you experience that? 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. It is that you, you've the analogy that's perfect is that it's tumbling down the hill, losing control of everything, not being able to stop. And once you hit that, the bottom of the hill, you can. The only way is to go right. I need to analyze what is it that I've done wrong to not be able to stop this fall. And I need to fix that and do better. And that was, you know, having a stern word with myself. I wasn't looking after myself. I was drinking too much. I was eating bad foods. I had to make the effort. Nobody else could do it for me. No kind words or enough hugs were going to fix me. I was the only person who was able to fix me. And that had to start with what I was putting into my body. You know, I'm a true believer you are what you eat. And if I'm going to punish myself with alcohol, smoking and eating doner kebabs, then I am not going to feel the best that I can feel. And balance, I couldn't find that balance. You know, there was no just one glass for me or finding a different relationship with alcohol. Mine had to be that extreme where I had to knock it on the head. I had to stop. I had to form a a brand new relationship with myself without um, the influence of alcohol And it's the best decision I've ever made. It's been the making of me. It's been what has helped me come off my antidepressants. It's what's helped me be happy. It's what's helped me be a better partner and a better mum. And it has the the, the no drinking was the massive catalyst for me to my new life, my next kind of generation of decade, should I say, of, of being a better me. And it has it, it all boiled down to what I was putting into my body. And how long was it before running became became part of the new overhaul? Because you've mentioned that it was the eating better and the stopping drinking, which were the first things that the first changes that you made. And then yeah. did running follow or did it all happen on the same day? Are you one of these people that went, right, I'm no longer going to drink. I'm only going to eat green vegetables and protein and I'm going to run 10K a week. <laughs> it gets a little bit, but not all on one day. So in 2019, when I'd hit this rock bottom, I was like, right, I'm making these changes and I am owning them. And it was 2020. 20 years in the entertainment industry. And I thought I'm going to take 20 challenges on to keep myself above board with my goals. And so went into 2020 with like, yeah, no drinking, uh, one year no beer, which I did the going plant-based, although I was already plant-based at that point, but to continue with that. And then it was running challenges. I wanted to book to climb Everest, base camp that is. And there were loads of little ones, three peak challenges, just even mini ones like volunteering that I do at the moment, lots of different challenges. And there was 20 of them. And then obviously in March, the pandemic hit, nearly got caught up uh, sticking on a a cruise ship for eight weeks, nearly didn't get home. (laughs) So yeah, I had these, all these challenges in mind. And then the pandemic hit and it was almost like I've got to get out of jail free card here. Do I continue with the no drinking? I was three months in. I was so close to my 90 day point where they say, you know, you're really over the uh, the habit of it by that point. And I thought, oh, I'm going to get to the 90 days and I'm going to see how I feel. And if I have the urge that I want to have a drink, then maybe... I'll, you know, do it again next year, this one year in a bit. Maybe, you know, the three months is fine. Everything, your mind tries to talk you out of any yeah. scenario of being good. But then, you know, I I got through the 90 days and I thought, no, I'm not. I This is why I stopped. I was so unhappy. I'm starting to feel happier in my own skin. I'm starting to feel really proud of myself. I'm not going to give it up now because particularly in lockdown, I have no excuses to get up and have an early morning and go to work. So I am just going to go into a very deep rabbit hole if I quit this uh, New Year's resolution. So I continued with it. Instead of going back and, and going to the drink, I thought what will keep me on track is documenting my journey. So it's holding me accountable. So that's when I decided to document it. And that's probably when the running really started kicking in. I'd started to do the 5K runs, but no major challenges or anything. And I just thought, you know what, I'm going to up the running. I'm going to document my lifestyle change. I'm going to talk openly about my mental health because previously I'd talked about my mental health, but in a postnatal depression way and not in actually I've suffered with it for 18 years since coming out of hearsay. And suddenly I found that this is what I want to do. I am loving this so much. Oh my God, I've got the passion like I used to have for performing. And that and that's why I'm here today. 
chatting about it. It sounds like that experience was quite freeing because I can only assume that when you are in a pop group, your your image and what you do in the media is is quite protected by those around you and it's quite managed. And so I suppose to be able to be in a position where actually you can you can voice and you can just be who you are must feel must feel like there's been a weight lifted. Yeah, it does. I think being honest and speaking so candidly about my journey has been quite cathartic for me. It's been almost like a therapy. You're right, you know, when you're in a pop band, although saying that, you know, we we had so many people sell out on all of us or stories leaked to the press that they couldn't manage the hype of hearsay. They couldn't manage it. It kind of really did spiral out of control. But saying that, you know, you're always advised that you have to edit yourself every step of the way. And to finally be so happy in my own skin that I don't feel like it, that every move that I make is wrong and that actually I'm only human. And this is what I've done. These are the mistakes we make. We all make mistakes. We all put ourselves down. We all treat ourselves badly. I just thought, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest about it. Yeah, of course I get the odd trolling, but that's the way of the world. But, you know, I I do get a hell of a lot more people coming back saying that I've inspired them to change or what my story's resonated with them or it's just like their story. And that's been the best thing ever that I've got out of anything. I know before 2020, you wasn't really a runner and you've mentioned that you went from 5k runs to signing up for big running challenges, although self-imposed, not signing up to big races. Can we talk about that first run, that first monumental run where you went, I love running. This is really helpful to my mental health. So my first 5k run was on about the 11th of January 2020 and I went with a friend so a couple that we knew older couple in their 50s took up running two years previous and said it was the best thing they ever did and chatting to them they said you've got to take it up you will love it so when we they said we're going for a 5k run it's probably good I didn't realize what five kilometers looked like or I might not have done it but I think the furthest I'd ever done was probably about two and a half because I remember halfway around going, whoa, you know, what is 5k? Because this is really long now. I've never run further than this before in my life. And then we carried on and we got back and I was like, oh my God, it wasn't, it actually wasn't that, I didn't find it that hard, but I felt amazing afterwards. And I'll tell you why I didn't think it was that hard because when I've run like maybe 2k before, I've really struggled. And I definitely put it down to the fact that I was on a plant-based diet because my inflammation wasn't, I'd normally inflame really badly. My legs would be inflamed, my ankles, my knees, you know, I always had this inflammation after I worked out, but since going on a plant-based diet, I just didn't have that. And I had the energy. So after this 5k run, I remember thinking, wow, that was a bit easy. That was really good. Okay. Yeah. All right. I could do that again. But then the runner's high that I got was incredible. And I thought you were all lying, you runners out there, (laughs) about this runner's high, because I definitely did not think that existed. But actually it is, it's like a real thing. And I just felt amazing all day. So we did another 5k a couple of days later. And again, I felt really good. And then they said, oh, do you want to do a park run? And I remember my very first park run was the 18th of January. And I remember again feeling really good. And I remember my time was 32 minutes something. And I just thought I'm going to keep running because I remember it just doing my mind, just wonderful things. I just remember thinking, this is really clear in my mind. And then there was one really monumental run that I did. I drove over to another area near where I live in Buckinghamshire, parked up and I'd seen on the map, there was this 10K loop And I just thought, I'm just going to go for a run, see how I do. If I end up having to stop and walk back, that's absolutely fine. And so I started on this loop and I got to, I remember stopping and I remember stopping because it was like, oh my God, I'm meeting my friend for a coffee and I'm going to be late. And when I looked at my watch, I'd ran 17 kilometres and I hadn't even thought about it. And that's how much I got caught up in my own thoughts, my own head. And it was like this best, most amazing therapy session that 
I had given myself and I came obviously massive runners high. I was like, yeah. And then I thought, oh God, I just got this bug for it. And then I was doing a lot of 5Ks. I was building up to do a 12 kilometer race for a charity, which I did in, in February last year. But then obviously when when lockdown hit, I, I stopped running as much as I'm trying to figure out life and, and what was happening next, as we all were. It wasn't until a f- probably about a month later in, into lockdown that I thought, right, here's the time to really pick the pace up now and start getting some miles under my belt. And and then I did my first half marathon. And again, that was another monumental run. And me and my partner did it. And I remember that coming in at two hours, 24 minutes, my first half marathon and I remember thinking, oh, God, this is it's really good. I'm really enjoying this. And then there's just been no stopping me since then. <laughs> I was about to say, so you started off at 5K and also had never done a park run in your life in January. And then yeah. a few months in, you're running half marathons and loving them. Yeah, absolutely. I'm honestly, really loving them. And I've done three half marathons. And then the longest run I've ever done is 28 kilometres. That's on the journey to doing a marathon. Yes. Yeah. No, I was all set and ready to to do this marathon. And then a little bit of work came in and it kind of got in the way, unfortunately. And then I was trying to work out around it and it wasn't working out because of my partner's work and childcare and just fitted it in. Because obviously you don't know how long you're going to be out there for. You think, you know, maybe I could get it done in four and a half hours. I could be out for seven. Who knows? <laughs> Big unknown when you yeah. do your first marathon. You're like, yeah. who knows what's going to happen for the rest of today, but I'm just going to give it my best. <laughs> yes, exactly. Can we go back to those moments of when you realised you'd run those distances? Do you think that was the first time you'd probably celebrated your body and what it can do in yeah. the past number of years? You know, I uh, I went through a moment of being quite angry with myself for being so down on myself because I was lucky enough to be able to have legs to run and do these kind of things. And I thought there's so many people in the world who don't have that ability. And I've just been so down on myself and what my body's able to do for so long when actually, you know, this running is is creating this amazing life and and helping my mental health so much that if I didn't have that in my life I'd be super sad and I was so angry with myself for a while for for being so um, cruel to myself. I can totally totally appreciate that and sympathize with that because what got me into marathon running was I was in a bit of a dark place and then when I started running it was the first time in probably 10 years that exercise got celebrated because before then it was always about how many calories I burnt, but then running became about how far I'd run. And it was like, I've just done this. That's amazing. And almost like that calorie burn just just took a back seat naturally. I couldn't agree more. I think it's the first time that when I exercise, I've enjoyed myself. Mm. Apart from when when I danced on stage and did it as, you know, as part of a creative job. It's the first time in my life that I've gone in wanting, excited, loving the thought of going for a run and coming back and just feeling so amazing. And it's not, it's been so, it's been so enjoyable. It's not, it wasn't, it wasn't about getting the six pack. It wasn't about, you know, how many calories have I eaten? So therefore I can't, I need to burn off X amount of calories. It was just for the pure enjoyment. And I think that is what has changed my mindset to working out and how I see working out and that running has to be a massive part of my life. And it became just running for such a long time until I realised that if I didn't start doing some strength work, if I injured myself, I could be out for a long time. And I didn't want that for my life. I want to be able to run every day if I want to. So then I started to do the yoga and um, the weights and, and and the strengthening work so it would support my love for running. It's the best form of exercise in my eyes. I said it the other day, you know, I've been doing HIIT workouts and yoga all, all week. And then I went for that run and I said, I've been, it's the first day I've really, truly enjoyed myself doing exercise. And so I need to apply that into my weekly routine all the time because it just makes me dead uh, happy. 
Well, there's an, I, I just don't think there is anything that gives you the same feeling. I don't know. Don't know if you feel the same about it's getting outside. It's not looking at a screen. It's like you said. It's having positive thoughts in your head. Like I don't get that from being in a gym space. And it no. doesn't matter how beautiful the gym is, how good the views are out of the window of that gym, or how yeah. expensive the gym kit is. I just don't get that same freeing feeling. It's it's not the same. It's all part and parcel when they say you know the importance of being out in nature it is so important and I think that's why the running is so enjoyable I I've never really taken up running on a treadmill so I don't know what whether you get the same feeling from a treadmill run but I can't see see that you can I think it's all part of the experience of putting your trainers on finding a route finding a trail whether it be road or trail and just going where honestly without sounding corny going where the wind takes you and (laughs) clearing your head and sometimes I don't want to know I don't want to put myself on a limit of I'm just going to run that amount or that's sometimes I just want to go with the flow and that's what I love about it it's just got this freedom to it it's something that only humans can do is this endurance run and you wouldn't have any other animal being able to do it only us humans could run and get put the endurance in that we do. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. And do you find that running has a positive impact on the rest of your day? So for me, I find that if if I'm not an active person, then my food and my kind of choices seem to slip because I just think, oh, screw it, I'll start again tomorrow. Whereas if I've been on a run, I make healthier choices just naturally. Yeah, healthier thought processes, you speak better language you know you you, you're so much more positive yeah you eat and and also I think it's that part of if you have been for a really long run you want to fill yourself with goodness but you eat a lot of it because you're dead hungry there's nothing there's no better feeling than that having that runner's hunger because you've ran so far and then you're like oh but I'm just gonna have this big amazing bowl of vegetable stew with a side portion of sourdough I just love it you know that's kind of like my favourite Sunday is going for a really big long run and coming back and having loads of comforting, hearty vegetable food. <laughs> I love it. I was actually going to ask you about your food because you've mentioned that you adopted a plant-based diet and you haven't felt better. Are you quite relaxed with it or do you eat off like a weekly menu? I'm quite relaxed with it, really. I'm really mindful if I am wanting to do a long run that I have to really make sure my iron intake is high. I do have some amazing iron supplements that I put into smoothies and make sure that my salt levels, you know, my water intake is high. So I am really mindful about it. That's the word, really. I'm a mindful eater now. I know when my triggers will be kicking off to want to go and eat crisps and biscuits and sausage rolls. I mean, when I first went on a plant-based diet, I lived on the vegan sausage rolls in Greg's. Um, I was I about thought, to say. Yeah, yeah. I thought that's what <laughs> vegans did. <laughs> I, thought, I thought, this is brilliant. They don't just eat tofu and lettuce. They actually eat sausage rolls from Greg's. And that's what I did for so long. But then when I actually started to educate myself properly, I'm really mindful. I'm also really mindful with the triggers. So if I if something upsetting's happened or if I'm anxious, nervous or overwhelmed or tired, I know I instantly want to go for something that is going to kickstart my dopamine levels 
rocket me high and then suddenly I'll crash again. So I don't go for those quick fixes to make me feel better. I'm really mindful. Occasionally I do. Don't get me wrong. On weekends, I'm like, oh, sod it. You know, I'll have a massive bag of crisps and some Bourneville. But no, a lot of the time I'm really mindful that if I have that certain food group, the processed food, then it's only going to end with me crashing. So therefore I, I, I need to, you know, eat healthy foods. And I think that's why running helps because your endorphins are so high that you don't need to go for foods that, you know, will make your dopamine levels go really high because you're already up there, you're already high. So that's why you make better food choices. So it's just, it's mindfulness really. I've become a whiz at this now with practicing mindfulness every single day has been a real help for me real strength and yeah I just I just make sure that I supplement up because I think I think we all need to regardless whether you're a meat eater or vegan you you need to get your b12 in your body we don't get enough we don't have a source where we get enough of it so and it, I make sure that my supplement levels are up so if you can if you're nicely balanced you're not going to go for massive cravings and your hormones are going to be in a, a nice balanced place as well but how do you do that when you've got two children at home and a partner and um, yeah. because I'm I'm assuming your children are probably into their snacks and their treats like a lot of yeah. lot, a lot of children and go reaching through the cupboards going mom I'm hungry yeah um, it is yeah it's it's to know oh, god with great difficulty it's not easy yeah it's my greatest fight in life I think right now is finding the balance because they do love to snack we've had to to be really strict it's try it's been trial and error it's never going to be perfect. And I've just had to, I've had to get to a place where nothing in life must be perfect. There is, it doesn't exist. Perfect does not exist. So you have to have the ability to be okay with yourself when your kids are secretly going in and finding the crisps or, you know, and they do say, if you don't buy them in, they won't eat it. Yeah. But equally, we'll, we'll then have rows before going to the shop about what we get in. So I've got to find a happy medium here. One thing that I do, and we try our, our best to stick out, I've had to break down it from weekly planning to daily planning. And every morning, we all sit at breakfast at eight o'clock in the morning. That is our, our weekly plan from Monday to Friday, eight. We have to be around that table and we're all in the room together and we discuss what our day is. The day's planned out and that even goes down to snack times because if you don't have your snack times in, that's when it all gets out of control. And I've found, I know I've, it's been a, a big recent thing for me, this, from this third lockdown that I've, I've learned we've had to change our routine slightly. And it's really helped with healthy snacking. And, and when those snack times are regular and at that point, there's no hunger either side of any of those meals and there's no quick wanting to eat. So as long as everyone's topped up, and not left to to be starving we're in the safe zone and everyone will eat fairly healthy but there are times at the weekend you know you've got you've got to have freedom you've got to be relaxed you've got to be real and we let things go you know we we all have unhealthy days off and I'm just really mindful about it I think that that's what has changed really I love that in the safe zone it sounds like that in the past year you've been setting yourself goals and keeping yourself almost accountable in different areas of your life to keep you moving forward does would that sound does that sound true definitely and you know what I've used my social media as part of my healing and part of my <laughs> ability to keep on top of things it's been a platform I when I wanted to start documenting my journey I did have an option of like, I couldn't stand social media and what it stood for. And I was going to come off it. And it wasn't until I changed my attitude to it that it became very different game for me. And I unfollowed all the people that made me feel rubbish about myself and made me want to punch myself in the face because it didn't look like them. I did a follow of all the people that inspire me. They motivate me, but equally they don't make me feel inferior. I have that nice healthy balance of, of who I follow. And then I wanted to equally provide people with content that was going to motivate them and make them feel positive and inspired. But equally, I understand if people don't like my style, 
then it's important they don't follow me because it's so important you use social media to f- for a healthy route, for a healthy life. You can easily get sucked up and it's so time consuming. And the minute you start going down this rabbit hole of like filters or like crazy faces or voices that they, they give you, I'm just like so time wasting. But I think the way I, the way I use it now is to hold myself accountable whilst inspiring others because I know if I say that I'm doing something on social media, I am too embarrassed to not do it. I, I don't have the nerve to go, oh, I'm not doing it. I'm so stubborn. I have to do it. If I've said I'm going to do it, I have to do it. So if I say it just to myself, nine times out of 10, you know, I'll end up letting myself down. But I've said it on social media, then I'm holding myself really accountable to an audience who has every right to say, you haven't done that. What are you playing at? <laughs> You're not sticking to your word. Practice what you preach. I love that you're owning your own narrative and obviously <laughs> running cha- running challenges has, has, was such a big part of that last year and coming into this year. Um, times when I said things out loud, I thought, oh no, you've got to do this now, 10k every day for a week, what? And then I went to, <laughs> then I did that and because I got through it, two weeks later I went, right now I'm going to do 15k every day for a week. Then somebody suggested doing half marathon every day for a week. I was like, I am not ready for that. No way. But I am thinking of it as one of my challenges soon. And how did you find it when you were doing these running on repeat challenges? Did you did you find that you were getting injured? Did it teach you new things about your body? I had to be really careful, actually, because one thing that I didn't want to do was do all these amazing challenges and then kind of cut my nose off to spite my face and unable to run because I'm injured. So I was being, I really looked after myself with nutrition, ice baths. I was literally in a bath of ice all the time, which really helped my recovery. But again, what I will say is being on a plant-based diet, your recovery time is so quick. And I found that helped. And then just taking it slow. I wasn't, I wasn't trying to beat any kind of crazy times. I just kept my pace really really slow because uh, it was about completing the challenge rather than competing against myself for better times every day. So having the respect for your body, isn't it? It's like, I need to respect and treat it properly so I can get to the end of this challenge. If I just bash myself and use my ego to push it to the end, I probably yeah. won't make it. You're dead right there. And I think it is lovely to set these challenges for yourself every once in a while, because I think it really pushes you as a person and trying to reach and better and get to, to new goals. But at the same time, you do have to respect your body and don't be silly about it, because I think ultimately you don't want to prevent yourself from being able to do it forever. You know, if you if you injure yourself badly, sometimes you can be out of of doing something like that for six months. You could you could be um, on bed rest for quite some time if you've done any or any long term damage as well. How do you pull yourself back in those moments? So say you've been doing your 10Ks on repeat and you just know that if you do another, you are going to put yourself at risk of injury. Do you have a stern word with yourself and you say, Suzanne, no more? I think, yeah, I think it's that fine balance of knowing what your body can actually do and actually is it in the head. You know, my hips really tighten when I run. So I've got to do the stretch and recover and the yoga with it. So for me, it has to go alongside what I do. And I think as long as you're keeping on top of your yoga and you're stretching, you're making sure that, you know, you you have your ice baths for recovery, you're eating well and you're sleeping and you're getting the sleep in, then a lot of the time it can it can be in your head. Even if you've 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 got achy knees and achy ankles, you know, it is part of the process of strengthening as well and and building your 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 muscle up. So I think it's just being so self-aware at every stage of a challenge. But also, you know, if you if you I also know the damage it can do to your mind if you don't complete it as well, like how much you let yourself down because you've set yourself this goal. So it's finding that balance of of not pushing yourself too much where you are massively injured or do any permanent da- damage, but also, you know, completing a goal that you've set yourself. And do you now find that to, to help this conversation go full circle? So in the beginning, you mentioned that it was, you know, when you, you saw a photo of yourself that was almost like this catalyst for this lifestyle, lifestyle overhaul. Do you now, when you come in from a run, look at yourself in the mirror and go, 
well done, Suzanne. You've done that challenge. You've done that goal. This is amazing. Or you're not there with the positive talk. Yeah, no, definitely there with a the positive talk. All the time I am talking yeah. to myself, all the time, out loud, to, and people are looking at me. I'll, I'll talk to myself on a run as well. I'll cry on a run. I'll laugh on a run. I have all like these crazy emotions. It's so funny. I've like locked all of these emotions inside for so long. And now suddenly everything is coming out. And yeah, no, I do talk to myself. I do give myself a pat on the back and I do look in the mirror. And particularly the days when you wake up and you just have that horrible, overwhelming emotion, which by the way, I'm going to sidetrack here which apparently, particularly in females, is a hormone. You know that moment when you wake up and there's doom and gloom arising and you're like, what is this? I don't feel, I'm not feeling it today. It's apparently just a big hit of hormone that you have in the morning. So that's why they say get up and go and your energies will shift. But yeah, sometimes I'll, I'll get up and talk to myself. I'll look at myself in the mirror. And if I start with the negative mind chatter, I'll have to have a word with myself and say, right, okay, I know you're there. All right, you're going to try and do your damage, but I'm not listening to you. So I'm going to stay in this present moment and I'm just going to get myself ready this morning and get onto my first chore of the day. And I'll try and stay as present as possible so that negative mind chatter won't determine how my day is going to be. And do you go out running first thing when that happens or do you a lot of the time? Off? Yeah, a lot of the time yeah. I do. Some days I just don't have time to fit it in. But and, and it may not happen till late, kind of later on, or it may not happen at all. But I do know that I'm only going to benefit from a run. And when I'm feeling like that, and I'm feeling a bit of that doom and gloom, that I know if I go for a run, I'm just going to come back so much happier, even if the run's difficult. And why is it as well? I don't know whether you've got the answer to this. Why is it some runs, you're like, oh my God, have I just actually run? I've not even noticed I've done a run. And then other runs, like the same length of time, say for for example, a 5K, can be the hardest thing you've ever done in your life, like you've never run before. It's so bonkers, isn't it? Well, I just think that sometimes we don't appreciate enough how much the rest of our life plays into our fitness life. I feel like sometimes we put on our fitness kit and we we put ourselves like, you know we go on a run or we go into the gym and we we think that we're this other person and we forget about all the stresses of the day and what we've eaten or what we haven't eaten or how well or how badly we slept and we forget that that all plays into how we perform that's so right you're so right with that and we beat ourselves up and then actually if we you know it's because I think we're trying to train like athletes some of the time and but we don't have the coach there going you know actually, you're a bit stressed today. So let's just keep it at this level. Or, you know, you've had a hard week. So we're going to do this. And because we were our own coaches, we just push ourselves and push ourselves. And maybe don't realise that actually, sometimes we haven't got it in the tank to to go that hard. And not every day can be a PB day. Yeah, yeah, you're so right. And I think as well, it's even things like sleep is so important. Sleep is like the most essential thing you can do. And as it's not until the older you get, you realise how much you need your sleep and how much it, you're going to perform better, whether that's at work or whether it's it's at the gym. But water as well, water intake. You know, when you suddenly feel so tired in the day, it's because you've not had enough water nine times out of 10. It's because you, you're dehydrated. And I, don't, I think people don't under, underestimate the amount of water you actually need to have in a day, even when you're not working out. It's so important. Well, I look back to my 20s and I was very lucky I didn't live mine out in the media like you. I got to <laughs> make all my mistakes behind closed Damn doors. You, I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'd go, I'd go out on, you know, or even just go to the pub until midnight, come back. I've had a lot to drink after work and then come back, probably have some kind of junk food, go to bed, wake up in the morning and drag myself out of bed and make myself go on a run probably with having coffee rather than water before going Mm. and then and then not really think about why I hated running so much at that point it's because I was doing it in such a tired dehydrated terrible state exactly that's just my life you've just described my life apart from the fact that I probably wake up and still eat the takeaway that I had (laughs) 
in the morning <laughs> because it was so like violent hungover that I needed a donna kebab before I, I set on my way. But yeah, the, do you know, I'm mortified about the amount of times that I have had a big night out and then gone on TV or gone skating or gone on stage still so thoroughly hung over and sometimes still drunk if I'm completely honest you know yeah. just that that haze of I've actually not actually had enough time because I've only just come in it's been three in the morning and I'm up at seven and then wondered why my skin was taking a batter and why my health, mental health was not on form and why I, I struggled to to lose weight when I was treating myself so badly it's mad isn't it and I can only imagine then the rest of the day was probably filled with either regret or, you know, negative self-talk about, oh God, what did everyone think of me? It's that kind of like that anxiety around that situation. Well, imagine having the beer fear and then having a spotlight put on you. I mean, oh. there's the, the worst horrible hangovers when you've, you've been out all night, you've, you've had your drink, you then got the hangover and the worst thing you have, all you keep doing is repeating in your head, what did I do? What did I say? Even if you hadn't done anything or said anything and been really quiet, you still have that beer fear of some sort and the paranoia kicks in. And then suddenly having to be either on TV or on the stage with a spotlight on, <laughs> I was a nervous walking wreck a lot of the time. And I think no wonder you know, I just struggled so much when you don't look after yourself. And that's where it all boils down to full circle is I had to start taking responsibility to how I was looking after myself. Because until you can do that, you can't keep blaming the world about the way it has treated you and, and your bad luck or misfortune. You know, you've got to start at home and your home is your own home. Nobody else can make you fitter, healthier or happier you can only do that. And that's when I realised when I hit that rock bottom is what was I doing wrong on that fall? And it was the way I, the, what I was putting into myself, what I was feeding myself and how I was talking to myself. And do you think if you went and did shows now, because obviously last year it wasn't possible, do you think if you did them now, you'd approach them differently and take something different away from that, that whole pop star experience? Definitely. I would just enjoy myself. I'd enjoy what I was trained to do. I'd appreciate what I'd worked hard at. And yeah, definitely, 100%, I would be grateful for it. Do you wish that if somebody in your 20s had said, go for a run before doing the show or go for a run afterwards, it'll make you feel better than X, Y and Z, that life would have been a bit different? Oh, yeah. I mean, I really wish I had that coach. But it's funny because I tell my son now, go for a run. Just get out and go for a run. You're going to feel amazing. Don't just keep going in and doing your press-ups and your sit-ups and all your heavyweight workout. Experience a run. And he doesn't listen. He thinks I'm bonkers. And I think you can only do it for yourself. I think no matter how many times mentors can come in your life and tell you that, you know, if you do this, you're going to benefit massively. I, honestly, I, I think you've just got to, you've got to do it for yourself. You've got to want to do it for yourself. I wish I'd have done so many things differently. I'd be more successful. I'd be happier. And I'd feel a lot prouder of myself if I'd have looked after myself, if I'd have run in the morning, if I'd had more water, if I'd have fed myself better foods. I would, I wish I'd have done it all sooner However, I might not have been here, you know, documenting it now and, you know, hopefully inspiring others. And actually inspiring others is something which I wanted to ask you about before our time is up. And that is the sure happy plan. Yeah. All of this has born from my mistakes. And I'm so glad now I made those mistakes because now I can understand what the better part of life is and the sure happy plan is is made of the four components of the quitting drinking the mindfulness and meditation the running and the plant-based eating within that I do like other sorts of workouts but that's all to support the running 
So yeah, supplying basically my knowledge, what makes me happy to others to to follow along. And I'm doing all of that on Instagram at the moment. And I put a schedule together each week and that consists of virtual runs, hit workouts, yoga. And then I do a cook along on every Sunday and we cook plant-based recipes with Picked Fresh and organic fruit and veg company that I, I work with. So it's just like a, a wellness hub full of like-minded people who just want to make the most out of feeling good and being a better version of themselves. And I just want to continue to do that. I just think it's so important, you know, particularly when you have a platform, you use it in the right way. And I've never really done that properly before now. And what's the one thing that you do every day to, to make yourself happy that people could take away from this podcast? It's got to be journaling. I do it every morning. It's part of my meditation routine, five minutes in the morning, breathing, meditation, and then straight to my journal, plan out my day and also write some, you know, affirmations down, you know, goals that I want to achieve just to get a bit of clarity for that day so I can can get the best out of it. I love that. Oh, I can't believe our time together is up. I've enjoyed chatting to you, Suzanne, so much because likewise, I just think your journey and your experiences resonate with so many people from using busyness to maybe mask dealing with things to finding health through understanding what you were doing wrong. I think there's going to be so many people listening in that have gone, God, yeah, that's me. And, you know, I can do this too. Yeah, we all can. We all can do it. I think it is about, you know, timing is essential. I think if you're not ready for it, then, you know, to force yourself, you're not going to enjoy the process. But I think it's looking at things differently. And I've just said all along, it's resetting the mindset is the key to making those changes. Suzanne, thank you so much for your honesty, your humour and just this positivity that you have brought to today's show. It has been brilliant chatting with you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. I don't know if you can hear the siren in the background, but yeah, something's kicking off in our area. That's for sure. (laughs) Would you please just share with everyone the best place for them to get in touch with you, follow you, join your virtual runs? Because I know there's going to be a lot of people listening in that's going to want to do that. Yeah, definitely. The best place to follow me is definitely my Instagram. I am Susie underscore Shaw. I put all my lives on there. It's the home for the Shaw Happy Plan. So yeah, come give me a follow and join in in all the lives that I do. Thank you so much and have a good rest of your day. Brilliant. You too. Thanks, Amy. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. I hope you found some of this advice helpful. And remember... If you do like the podcast, then please rate, review and subscribe. It really helps other runners find us. Plus, you can also keep up to date with other runners in our virtual crew by using the hashtag Welfare on Instagram and by joining the new Welfare Club on Strava. I look at all your posts and updates and it absolutely makes my day. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 